Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson Burkett with you live on 101 ESPN, the 101 ESPN app. 101ESPN.com and now YouTube. Let me gaze into the camera with these baby blues. Have you noticed, Jackson, that I've been doing nothing but wearing blue this week to bring out my eyes here on 101 ESPN? Right, and I think that just accentuates not only your charm, but your good looks. Thank you for saying that, because I didn't want to like dig for a compliment, but no, I, I feel like you did it on your own. Yeah. I appreciate Very that. Very organic. 314-399-9646 is how you can text in. Uh, and you can attack us also now in the YouTube chat. So this is kind of a variety of, we're diversifying for you. Right, exactly. On, on this program. It is a balloon party driven by Munganas, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. Jackson, before I uh, go into my analysis, my soliloquy that all of St. Louis is gathered around their transistor radios for... Did you watch the Cardinal game last night? I did not, Tim. What were you doing? I went to a screening of Christopher Nolan's new movie, Oppenheimer. Wow, look at you over here. Mm -hmm. This is a private screening yeah press screening for the media and uh, how yeah and it was how did how did you get this? Uh, well, I uh, my mother was the longtime uh, editor of the Post Dispatch, and she would often do. Uh, movie reviews and so she has a very good relationship with the people who put on the screening and then uh, one of the people there loves TMA one of the people who runs the screening loves TMA so I think I'll be going to a lot more future uh, screenings wow yeah, it's kind of my bailiwick I love doing it so you're a cinephile I am I love I love movies uh, I love everything around movies especially love a nice summer blockbuster which is exactly what this is so uh, I did not watch the Cardinal game I watched the highlights of it I saw Nolan Arenado go deep uh, Don't transition just yet. I'll handle that. Okay, yeah. I know you're the owner, the proprietor of goodorbad.com. Some people say it's basically rotten tomatoes. Without the red tape. But I don't agree with them. I am an investor in goodorbad.com, even though I still am waiting for that monetization strategy. Uh would you like to tell the audience if Oppenheimer is good or bad? Right. So I can't get too in-depth on it. I'm respecting uh, the request of the people who run the screening who don't want reviews till 11 a.m., but I will say that it is... was the first uh, bottle toss that ever aired on YouTube. It, it is good. Mm, it is good. You it, did say it. It is, well, I'll say briefly, if you love movies, it is a spectacle that you need to see. Wow. Yeah. So there, there, that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. 
very fun. Three hours, so you know, pack a lunch. But I'm a star guy mm-hmm. because I'm a star. Of course. And I operate on a one to four star system. Uh huh. How many stars are you giving Oppenheimer? Yeah, it's just that's I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Throw you can throw it. You're going to start running out of water balls to throw. <laughs> I think that one in the trash can. Did it? Man, the St. Gabriel game just never goes away. Forty six, fourteen. It doesn't matter. It still goes in. <laughs> Well, what we don't see on YouTube is the walk of shame you have to make to go get your right. water afterwards. Or when the market manager walks <laughs> past the hallway and he sees me throwing things at him. Yeah, it's not great, but it's uh, it was a it was a very fun time last night. But I did see the uh, the highlights of last night's game. Transition accepted. Cool. So I'm watching last night, and I'm starting to get a little feeling. And I'm not talking about like riding a Sibian. I'm talking about maybe, just maybe, especially when Nolan Arenado's talking like Nolan Arenado's talking. And then on top of it, he's delivering like he delivered last night. And it's first and third, top of the ninth. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a little irritated that I'm like, damn it, it looks like they're going to lose this game. Here's Jordan Hicks, first and third. Nobody out. And Luis Arraz is up, and he's Tony Gwynn in 2023. Just doesn't strike out. And, you know, he's going to make contact, and the Marlins are probably going to take a lead. And out is going to come A.J. Puck, and they're going to shut it down, and the Cardinals really aren't in a spot where they can lose Jordan Montgomery starts. Might be his final one, for all we know, with the Cardinals. And he gets him to strike out. And that's the first time all season, as Chip Carey noted, he had struck out twice in a game. And then he saws off Jorge Solar's attempt at at battling that movement, as Jim Edmonds was pointing out in the broadcast, and it's a comebacker. Now, Hmm. we saw Jordan Hicks deal with a comebacker against the Marlins in this very month. And what happened, Jackson? You Uh, weren't watching Barbie that night. You were watching the game or the NBA Summer League. Can't wait to see Barbie this weekend. But um, uh, I saw Jordan Hicks throw the ball. It might have cleared the regulation basketball hoop. That's how uh, far over Paul Goldschmidt's head it went. But not this time. Not tonight. Tonight, we play with them. Tonight, we beat them. Tonight, you boys are the best hockey team in the world. What does that come from? Uh, Kerr Russell playing Herb Brooks in the film Miracle. That's correct. And that was about... Uh, the 1980 U.S. Men's Olympic Hockey Team. Boy, if you would have gotten that one wrong, and that was uh, I would have just cleared out. And I was like, Jackson, the rest of the show is yours. And that was the semifinal game against Russia. They still had one more game to go. Look at that! Look at that! Knowledge, yeah. knowledge is power. And that's what Ali Marmol said to the boys about playing the Marlins last night. Tonight we play with them. Yeah, Tonight I think we beat them. I think he did that speech before in the dugout. Actually, it's correct. And uh, Jordan Hicks threw the ball. It was low enough to be caught. John Birdie with a very odd break from third base, which allowed him to be <laughs> out by sprinting steps. <laughs> and, uh, and the Cardinals are able to get out of the inning with no damage. Weren't able to win it in the bottom of the ninth, but they were able to win it in the bottom of the tenth after JoJo Romero did some wondrous work, making it easy even with that runner on second base to start the top of the tenth. And it was all because Nolan Arnada. Now we have both calls. Am I putting you on the spot? You played no, him on him. TMA. Look at you. Even though you were watching Oppenheimer last night, you have the now, here's Chip Carey's call. Wonderful call. Take a listen. Nolan Arenado's last walk-off hit. Well, it's been a while. How about one right here? One ball. No strike. Swing drive. Deep left field. That ball is gone. He can jog home. 
Vince, as they used to say. Wow, he smashed that. Yeah, he did. That thing was shipped. Yeah. Absolutely shipped. Now, here is the Marlins broadcast call. Six walk-off hits. His last was against the Diamondbacks a few years ago. His most recent is time. I love that call. It's a great call. I love that call. Yeah. If I were the Marlins play-by-play call, I would like to think, if a broadcaster, I would like to think I would deliver the call just like that. That is the perfect way, if you're the voice of the opposing team, to deliver the call. Yeah. That was in the timing on both Chip Carey's call. For both of them to call, essentially. And the Marlins call, absolutely perfect. Uh, Here is what uh, Ali Marmol had to say about the team playing uh, with a bit of confidence and... uh, and the approach that we have seen here is the Cardinals are now 6-2 and two in their last eight. Well, you mentioned several times there's no quit in your locker room, that that bunch is not giving in. And Nolan said last night, he said, I don't care what the standings are, I'm still playing for something. Is that what you hear from him a lot? Um, yes, not only here, but in all of their actions, which is more important than what they're saying. They're taking the field with... Uh, just uh, the right edge um they know where we're at but they know that uh there's a group that can get after it and still make a run they're gonna give it a shot and um tonight was an example of that i mean nolan is is pretty locked in but he's not the only one there's a lot of guys in that clubhouse that are are looking to do the same 10 back jackson do you believe I think you said earlier, maybe it was yesterday, that uh, by the end of the week we could have a third place baseball. That's team. correct. And I, th- I think you know, I think it looks a little like the Cubs coming up. Uh, can Four game it. set, night game tomorrow night, and then three day games yeah. at Wrigley. So they two and a half behind the Cubs. That's correct. Sir. So yeah, they can make ahead up of the some, Pirates now. Make up some serious, serious ground. And the way Nolan Arenado is playing, Ali Marmol is exactly right. It's not just talk. He's playing with some action. I mean, you talk about a guy playing with conviction. Every time he gets up there, you think he's going to smash the baseball. And uh, he absolutely crushed that ball. Yeah. I mean, that thing off the bat, and you're going, oh, that's absolutely gone. Yeah. Uh, and it was, and it's a 5-2 win, and the Cardinals can go for the sweep. They will go up against the former Cardinal and the 2022 Cy Young Award winner today, Sandy Alcantara, uh, who has not been great this year relative to his sure. performance in 2022, but uh, if you take a look at his recent starts, he's gone up against some of the best offenses in the game, and even though the Red Sox aren't necessarily killing it, they're still putting up a lot of runs. One of them also was against the Braves, who put up 13 runs last night and lost by three in a phenomenon against the Diamondbacks. I uh, saw a stat And the other last one was the Orioles, so he has been facing some of the best offenses. I'd love to see the Cardinals put out a damn good lineup today and get the sweep heading to Wrigley and take three or four in Chicago. That's what I'm thinking. What were you saying, oh, uh, sweet, sweet prince? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. You're a sweet, sweet prince. Thank you. I saw last. I saw someone tweet out a stat that in the month of like June, there was four... Uh, teams who scored 10 or more runs and lost and like last night there was four teams. Oh yeah, last yeah. night was an offensive record setting evening. Yeah, it was crazy. So uh, yeah. like it was almost like added up to like the total in month in the months of June and May. So. Yeah, it was all over the place. Uh, yeah, certainly that Braves Diamondbacks one being one, White Sox White and Mets Sox, I think that yeah. was an 11 and 10 loss for Reds the White Sox. Like 8 to 8 in the 8th inning or Reds something. Reds lost both games last night, the one that was suspended for Monday night. They lost in a completed game tomorrow or last night, excuse me, and then 
lost last night's game in the, the second game against the Giants, and then the Brewers lost. So the Cardinals pick up a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are looking to wager, which is really what this show is essentially all about, it's a couple of degenerate gamblers. It's really one degenerate gambler, but I'd like to share it around. Uh, the Cardinals are now plus 1,800 to win the National League Central. The market has moved $700 in 24 hours uh, the Cardinals were plus 2,500 now plus 1,800 so you bet 100 you win 1,800 if the Cardinals win the National League Central and you say Tim you know what I'm starting to think pennant oh I can't blame you now we're talking the Atlanta Braves look vulnerable now that they're coming off a loss <laughs> in which they scored 13 runs uh, you bet $100 on the Cardinals win the National League Jackson what do you think that's going to pay you the Cardinals are coming, tra-la, tra-la. I bet you get the paid. The Cardinals are coming, tra-la, tra-la. $2,400. Uh, no, you'll get paid $8,000. That's close. The Cardinals go and uh, beat the Texas Rangers in the 2011 rematch. What does that pay? 12500 Yes, and nice. it didn't change from yesterday. Nicely done. Thank you. The Cardinals are coming, tra-la, uh, tra-la. tra-la. I mean, yeah. You can throw 100 on that, not even notice it fell out of your pocket. Right, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm not doing it right now. Uh, they're not happy with you in the Air Comfort Service text inbox that you're looking forward to seeing Barbie. That's right. Uh, what is the situation with that? That, of course, the lovely and talented Margot Robbie, you may sure. or may remember her from 2013's Wolf of Wall Street and also 2019's Quinn Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Right on the nose there, Tim. Uh, yeah, she's, of course, in it with Ryan Gosling. It's direct is a third directorial performance by Greta Gerwig, who did uh, a little movie called Lady Bird, which is one of my favorites, and Little Women in 2019. So this is her third time going around with the director role. Uh, she's done some work with her husband, Noah Baumbach, before, which I really like. Uh, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Barbie. Will Ferrell's in it. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a great time for cinema. Look at you. Wasn't Look at this, man. I feel like I'm in Hollywood right now. Well, people are excited about going to the movies again, and I think it's awesome. So you can hate on all you want, but I'll be there with my popcorn smiling like a, like a lark. Happy Hold as a second. lark, smiling like a jaybird. I just want to hear Jamie Rivers' music. I'm, he can come in here, and we'll go together. Me and Jamie Rivers go to Barbie. Go to Barbie together. That would be great. God. I think that'd I hope be he's fun. In the building, because I'm telling you, that door's going to swing open. You're going to be pinned up against the wall. Uh, let's see what we got. Barbie is going to be great. The people questioning it don't watch good movies. That's from the six three six. Look at that. I wouldn't go that far. Like you, you know, watch what you want to watch. But I'm looking forward to it. I love Greta Gerwig. I love Margot Robbie. She's magnetic. Oh my God! I would rather hear about him in basketball than him in Barbie. That's, we can do that too. I'm fine with either. I am going to step out for the final three segments. Jackson's going to talk Barbie in the next segment, then basketball, and then he'll take your questions on the two at the end of the seminar I, in the final segment. There it is. Then BK and Ferrario. You want to talk about I'm going to go out numbers. and work on my short game. Yeah. This is, sounds like a win-win-win. Everyone is winning. Yeah. Especially well, you're winning because I'm on YouTube. Let's be honest. That's the truth. That's the reality of Balloon Party. Uh, we have the Little Piddles half and half. I felt like we did a half and half yesterday, but I've been told that we did but there is going to be a sports business wrinkle in today's half and half. No doubt. All right, we got it coming up next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Listen, 101ESPN.com, the app, 101ESPN app, and watch on YouTube where you will find two very naughty boys looking to play with you here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN, especially when it's time to play half and half for the second straight day. The Little Piddles world class half and half at right. that. Uh, so let's fire it on up, Tim. First question. Uh, well, here they come. The Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. The Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. Uh, well, looking at what the Cardinals will do in the coming days before August 1st, do you think fans have the right to be reserved in their confidence in the front office to make the right moves? Well, yes. this offseason and the beginning of the 2023 campaign were certainly eye-opening. How important is this deadline and offseason in order to restore that trust and engagement of the fan base? Basically, I'm asking, uh, do you think the right the wrongs can be righted if uh, the Cardinals play their cards right here in the deadline and in the offseason? Yes. I mean, winning cures all ills. Mm-hmm. And that's why what's going on now is such a weird spot. Because, again, everything for me when I look at the National League Central goes back to who's going to win it? Right. A week ago, who would you have said? Cincinnati. Right. And who would you say now? Milwaukee. Right. But you're not necessarily going, yeah, I mean, they're a powerhouse. They're yeah. going to beat the Braves. I'm not confident in anything. I'm they're going to beat there. the Dodgers. I mean, look at the Giants right now. They're on a seven-game heater themselves. Right. And you go, how are they doing it? Um, so I just, I, it, the math is certainly overwhelmingly against the Cardinals. But if you do indeed trade Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty, this pitching that has been improving as of late, and as Ali Marmol said in his postgame comments last night, I mean, it was just psychologically destructive to get out of the first inning down three or four nothing every game because you know you're going to have an uphill climb to win that game, but you also know it could impact the next game and perhaps the game beyond that because the bullpen's going to get no doubt. Uh, so much use. So with that all said, you part ways with two of your best starters in a rotation that doesn't see a lot of the word best in it. And you go, okay, well, then we are officially giving up on the year. I mean, hell, you have the Cy Young winner from last year going up against Dakota Hudson today. Just about to say, uh, this will be a nice litmus test yeah. for the viability of a so comeback. That, that certainly puts the whole thing to the test just in and of today, much less if you part ways with Flaherty and Montgomery. At the same time, even me, as somebody who's financially invested in the Cardinals winning the Central with my wagers, it would be tough for me to sit there and go, I'm glad they didn't do anything at the deadline mm-hmm. and sat and stood pat. I can't imagine that's what's going to happen unless both the Brewers and Reds go on a losing streak while the Cardinals keep going, and all of a sudden there's six games out this time next week. Mathematically, that would require the Cardinals not losing and the Reds and Brewers losing like four or five, five or six, and the Cardinals can take care of their own business against the Cubs. Uh, for the record, uh, today, if you are uh, looking to place a wager against the Marlins, as the Cardinals will try to continue this uh, winning streak and make it the season-long five, um, the Marlins are only minus 109. Just for the record, if you're interested in a little wager. And Jackson, we always like day game uh, unders. We sure and, do. And uh, the under is eight and a half today for a run total. Eight and a half. And so the Cardinals will be taking... Uh, the Cardinals have to go to... 
north side of Chicago. We talked about forty-five minute flight. Yeah, real quick flight. The Marlins are heading home to play the Rockies. Sandy Alcantara on the mound. I kind of like the under. You're going under. No. I like getaway you're day. You're Marlins just, and you're going under. Why do you hate St. Louis? I don't. As you can see, I'm wearing a, a Cardinal hoodie and Cardinal hat, something I rarely do. Right. Um, but I think the, and this is a brief aside, but I think like the STL logo, like the cursive STL logo, is more of a logo for the city of St. Louis than it is the Cardinals. Like I feel like the birds on the bat is so clearly the Cardinal logo, but the hmm. STL is more representative of the city. Okay, I'm going to agree with that. So I, 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 was, I, I thought you were going to say it was more St. Louis country club but i agree with your i agree with your perspective yeah so like this hoodie is a cardinal hoodie for sure but i think it's more of like a st louis hoodie where the cardinal navy road cap is the best hat they have yeah and it should be worn at all times on the road and they haven't won a world series since they got away from it speaking of which the cardinals lineup is out Mm -hmm. and it is available on 101 espn's twitter tweets from the great mike Ryder, executive producer what do we have on today's busman special batting first and playing dh is brendan donovan Batting second, playing first, will be Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third and playing left field, Lars Newbar. Batting fourth and playing third base will be Nolan Arenado. Uh, hitting fifth and playing second, we got Nolan Gorman. Catching today and hitting sixth is Ivan Herrera. Uh, batting seventh and playing right field will be Alec Burleson. Hitting eighth and playing shortstop, Paul DeYoung. And then hitting ninth and playing center field, Dylan Carlson, Dakota Hudson on the bump. Minus the starting pitcher, that's something that you would see uh, for a team that is uh, not taking it easy. I mean, that is a team that's going, hey, night game, day game, doesn't matter. We don't have time to mess around if we're going to do something. I don't want a day off. Let's see what we can do. Let's yeah. go up against the Cy Young winner and let's get the sweep, Jack. That's, hey. what, that's what Ali Marmol is saying. Let's yeah. get the sweep, Jack. I hope I'm wrong on the under because I feel like an under is more uh, more Marlins leaning. Dak Hudson going out there and going six scoreless? Uh, you know, I like to have faith in Dak. Contact hitter, you know, you got Arenado and Goldschmidt on the corners there. And, of course, our friend Newt. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think if it's going to go under, it's going to go the Marlins' way. So, I hope I'm wrong. Why is Piddles wearing a hoodie in July? That's from Andrew. Uh, good question. So sometimes the studios are a tad colder than the, the TMA studio tends to be about 10 degrees warmer than the 101 ESPN studio. Yeah. And today, actually, in 101, it's very temperate. So I could peel this hoodie off. Oh, you ought to do that live on YouTube and see if you can get some private donations. Right. That's the thing is like, you're, I'm going to have to see, I'm going to have to see something if you want to see something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, good bit there. All right. Um, <laughs> Do we want to go to the second question here, or we want to take a break? Up to you. No, I just want to let you soliciting privates from the listeners breathe for a while. Yeah, I mean, send it out there. I, you know, one layer only, though. I'm only going to take the hoodie off. I'm not taking my hat off, because that could be a problem. I think you're down on your hair more than you should be. Right, but like when I wake up with a bad hair day, it's like really accentuated. Like, like a little widow's peak starts to appear, and that's something new that has entered the chat that I, I didn't see coming. But uh, we're working on it. We're making moves. Did I hear somebody just give me the card to line up and say, playing DH? That's from the 314. What would you describe it as? In the DH position? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I think that's, a, that's probably a few more words than is necessary, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, grammar is fun. This English language we have, Tim, it's hard to master. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, all right. I, I guess to stay on the clock, I'll break here, and then we'll still have five questions left in the half and half. Yeah. I like that. Love and, it. Uh, and I guess if you send in, what, donations, Jackson's going to peel off that top. Yeah, or like, what are you more excited for, Oppenheimer or Barbie? 
Sure, that's a poll question. You can field that one in the YouTube chat or by texting in 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, this is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So, so Michigan had a running back, uh-huh. and his name was Tim Biakapatuka. Uh-huh. Probably predates your birth. Did the Blues just sign his offspring? Is that what I heard during the Sports Center update? So it's a long name, Tim. And uh, Mike Tim- Ryder intentionally gave it to you, by the way, to let you just just let the audience hear you right. negotiate it. And it sounded like you said Biaka Patuka. That's what I heard. I think that's his name. B-I-A-K-A-B-U-T-U-K-A. Biabatuka. I think I think I would say it that way. Biabatuka. It's a great I think name. I would say it that way. Right. And it's And what do you like about his game? Uh he plays a two hundred foot game. Uh he's not afraid to get to the greasy areas. He he'll pinch in when necessary. He'll pinch out when he sees fit. He's not afraid to put the cow pie in the barnyard roof. He puts it where mama hides the peanut butter up top. Why is she hiding peanut butter? Uh, that's a good question. Peanut butter's good. Healthy fat. Um He'll get behind the net. They'll make, he'll make it his office behind the crease. Uh, saucer passes. Man, I'll tell you what. Doesn't I, take I shifts off. Rivers is taking notes right now. Yeah, yeah. Take notes, everybody. This is how you break down puck. Your thoughts on that breakdown? 314-399-9646. That's how you can get involved on said radio program. We still have five questions left in this half and half here on Balloon Party Boy, here by Munganas St. Louis Acura. And... Alton Toyota. Uh, what is question two? I brought material to this one. Oh, you're like about to do like George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words? I mean, what do we got? I'm going to read some poetry here. Oh, Edgar Allan Poe. Quoth the raven nevermore. Right. We are the perfect storm. Something extraordinary and out of the norm. We feed off each other and become stronger. The winds are picking up. It won't be much longer. When you find an angel, this is clear. Unlike the sky as the perfect storm grows near. The perfect storm is fast approaching where the Cardinals could continue this winning streak and could force the hand of the front office to change their strategy when it comes to the deadline. Now, we heard yesterday John Mosaic said that most likely nothing leading up to the deadline will affect their strategy, but Mosaic also said they were going to increase payroll this year. Do you think an extended winning streak would actually give the Cardinals a little pause if the division begins to collapse on itself? Do you think there's a way to retool for next year without blowing it up for 2023? First off, the poetry. Wow. Shout out to Rick Kent on that. Uh, Darnell Coles. Might as well be. <sighs> the thing is, you can trade Tyler O'Neill. And even though it seems like Dylan Carlson's got a little fire under his ass here lately. Great catch last night. Yeah. Um, and probably Dylan Carlson. So, you know what? We can still we can still out there get him, boys. <laughs> but I don't know if you can trade Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty and then go, we'll still go out there and get them, boys. Right. So in order to position yourself for 2024, feels like those latter moves with the starting staff inevitably need to be made. And as I noted, uh, Derek Gould said on Jason Stark's podcast, Starkville, that he thought that one of the two would be traded, Montgomery or Flaherty. I'd be interested, I'd be curious if this is even being discussed, and them trying to lock up Montgomery right now. Ooh. 
Yeah. Because if they can't do it going, okay, then we just got to part ways with them, even though we know we're probably ending any pipe dream of 2023 um, by trading him away. Listen, as I said yesterday, Flaherty has the higher ceiling. I don't think anybody would really dispute that. But he also has the lower floor, and his floor is potentially career-ending because he's got a a shoulder situation. So with that said, that's the one I would like to see the Cardinals go to. He's represented by Scott Boris. They said at the start of the season they're not going to negotiate during the season. But I wonder if the Cardinals would just knock on the door there. And then you go, okay, we need three starters for 2024. Now we have one of those spots taken place, and he has been our best starter in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the only move that would really blow it up for 2023 to a point where there probably would be no comeback is if you deal Goldschmidt. Outside of that, they could still be effective. I mean, you're talking about in 2023. Yeah, like well, you, who's going to pitch if you if you deal right, both pitchers? Right, that would be. But it depends There's on the just return. There's no fallback there. Right. Oh, I see. What you, so you're saying what? Get a starter who's yeah. It depends on the return you'd get from those. But yes. Yeah. Also, for the record, I think if I didn't bet on the Cardinals win the Central, I wouldn't be spending near as much time as I am. So this really is just all about the fact that and really, I mean, it'd be a nice amount of money, but it ain't going to change my life. Sure. I am so wealthy; it just doesn't matter at this point. Let's be honest. Right. Um, but. With regards to the reality of it, I can't imagine the Cardinals are truly in their offices going, well, hold on a second, we're 10 back. You know, let's let's hold on to everybody. Right, but, but the way the Central works, man, like we just talked I agree, about. I think if you're 10 back in any other division, I haven't looked at that thing called the American League Central. It's rough. I imagine it's got to be rougher than the National it League is. Central. Is teams it? in five who are 500 might be leading the damn thing. Let's take a look at what's going on over there. Yes, the Twins are two games up, uh, two games over 500, and a game and a half over the <laughs> Guardians, who are a game below 500. Right. So the White Sox are nine back, and they're 16 games under 500. The Tigers feel alive, six back at 10 games under 500. The Yankees, for the record, are four games over 500 and nine back. So it gives you an idea of the compare and contrast. So I agree with you that I just don't think the Cardinals are there yet. And and so answering your question, I think that you you still are of the mindset that we got to trade these guys. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's just a different way with which they're playing. I mean, there was some intensity. There was a real celebration for that Arenado home run. There was a real talk about fires being lit under asses when Hicks got out of that first and third nobody out Romero's scoreless quick one two three tenth inning I'll be anxious to see because today you're going okay Cy Young winner Dakota Hudson but you see the lineup they're putting out there I mean that's a lineup going let's see if we can get this thing done Mm -hmm. let's see how they handle this today yeah because Alcantara I mean hey as I said he's gone up against some really good lineups lately Orioles Braves and Red Sox um but if they can get to him and then go into Chicago and win the first couple games of that series, who knows what the Reds and Brewers are doing? I don't know. I don't know if they would give pause to it. It's a it's a it's a dangerous little game to play though, because if anything, the organization most likely needs some semblance of a reset. Yeah. Not to say that it's torn down, because Arnado likely isn't going anywhere. Right. And I'd be surprised if they're dealing Goldschmidt based on I what would too. what what John Mazalock said and Derek Gould said, but I don't think it's necessarily 100% off the table um, that they can be competitive in 2024. It's just going to take aggression aggression when it comes to the starting staff. And that's why I wonder about Montgomery for a 
for contract and if they're if they'd be working on that right and i think i mean what we'd say yesterday if you'd rather have one or the other it's montgomery just based on the ceiling and floor but and the injury situation but montgomery is proven but you want montgomery to be like your third best starter not your first i would agree with that not your first best starter so if you're going to retool for 2024 that's the thing man it's like do you go free agency and and spend a lot nola michaelis montgomery I would love Aaron Nola in the Cardinal uniform. I would absolutely love Aaron Nola in the Cardinal. He's a gamer. Like there's like there's pitchers and superstars out there who are like obviously great and and rest on talent. They're outstanding. And then there's guys like that who are also gamers. And Lance Lynn. And, and Lance Lynn. And Nolan Arenado to me is one of those guys who's a superstar. But like more so than that, he's a gamer. Like a baseball this, guy. Yeah, this team is led by two guys who are straight baseball guys and who have, are as persistent and resilient as ever. So that's the thing. I that gives me a little bit of pause on the retool. All right, uh, we will uh, tend to the final four questions. Really, more, more likely we'll tend to two. But I'll say we're going to try to tend all four coming up in the final segment. This is Balloon. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party for today. But Jackson, really shouldn't the program just go longer with the momentum we have and the fact that we still have four questions from the half and half? Yeah, I mean, Fastlane's on to what, 6 p.m.? I think we just go till then. Then you would have to cross paths with Jamie Rivers. Yeah, I would say, hey, I'm taking your hour there, brother. Wow. I mean, you're, you're poking the beehive here. I think that's a bad idea, jeans. Yeah, I'll probably avoid it, even though I'm not scared. Jackson, uh, what is question number three, since we have all of 10 minutes left? Right. So this question, before we get to the sports media question, is it's kind of a sports media takey. Like it's the... Oh, you're going to give out a little take? It's like the take du jour kind of topic right now, but I actually find it interesting because it's something I've thought of for years. I feel like you're giving me a disclaimer. No, it's just not what I usually would go in the half and half, okay. but, but I do find it interesting. All right, so we got here. I'm calling it the great running back debate, and it's something I've been observing for years now. Drafting a running back high and also paying them a serious amount of money has proven to be detrimental in certain situations, but a truly elite running back is hard to come by. Where you stand on this issue, do you think teams would be better suited to run a backfield by committee, or do you think there is value in getting a top-tier back? I do think there's value in getting a top-tier back. I feel like, why is the sports media? Uh, I, I can't remember the gentleman who sent out the original tweet. I think it's some Miller said, like, the best strategy is to draft a running back, pay them the rookie salary, and then once that contract ends, you franchise tag. Oh, I the, see. That's okay, the extent right. of what you do. Okay, because the wear and tear, the and they usually go away. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Chris McCaffrey, yeah. they had some some thoughts. Those guys are in different leagues, though, man, and that's so insane. and how they impact their teams. Right. So I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a. I, I agree that it is more of a fad kind of opinion mm-hmm. than one that that really stands to reason. If you have somebody of that caliber, citing those two guys specifically. They absolutely change your team's offense, and there aren't. You know, listen, there are some guys who are. Uh, replaceable, of course, just like at the wide receiver position. But if you can get a Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey, you're not going, oh, we signed them to a rookie deal, let's move on. Right. I mean, hell, Henry was in that 2012 Alabama team yeah. against Notre Dame. It Same. played against Missouri in 2014 yeah. at the SEC Championship. Uh, he's still going. So 
Yeah, I, I, I disagree with the premise. Are you are you t- looking for more of a sports media opinion, or are you no. looking just for the opinion on that specific topic? Well, yeah, that's why I'm just I'm saying it's unusual. I'm on the opposite side of you. I'm, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So well, the don't apologize. Dig oh, in. Yeah. Let's see if we can fight. Insult my career like Skip Bayless did to Shannon Sharp. So the evidence I'll present will be the previous Super Bowl winners. You look at the Chiefs last year. It was certainly a, a committee, and they had a, a rookie running back really take center stage towards the end there. You look at... Uh, you look at the Rams, big committee running back situation where they didn't have a superstar. You look at uh, the Buccaneers. They had Leonard Fournette, but they also had some other guys. It was a big committee, not guys that are paying a ton of money. Chiefs, again, more committee, more less-known running backs. And the Patriots before that, it's like James White. Like I just think that to be successful, offensive line is so much more important than actually who's running the ball. And paying a guy a lot of money who can be injured in a snap of a finger, look at Derrick Henry, look at Christian McCaffrey, guys who have had long-term injuries, you pay him a lot of money, I just don't see the value, and I especially don't see the value of drafting a running back in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. Yeah, I understand that that's become the conversation as of late, and I respect it. I don't think it's asinine by any means. Mm -hmm. I realize if I were on ESPN right now as I'm watching (laughs) Mad Dog look like he is ready to have cardiac arrest over an opinion on the, quote, level of concern for Alabama this season. (laughs) Whoa, Ty, this is the headline they have. I mean, here's a team that lost two games last year, both, I think, in the final seconds, one in Knoxville, and yeah. what was the other one? I mean, either way, I yeah. mean, whatever. <laughs> Stupid industry. But, uh, yeah, there's there's nuance to opinions, and there's value, because smart people on both sides see it from, from a different perspective. I, if you're talking about what used to be the case, which is, well, you got to have a star back. Yeah. I disagree with that premise. Sure. But if you're talking about a Derrick Henry Christian McCaffrey, right. those are franchise-shaping sh- players. My counter, I suppose, would be you're citing these Super Bowl winners mm-hmm. and even the teams that, that the Chiefs beat, Jalen Hurts, uh, Patrick Mahomes. So you're looking at, you. Either, I feel like you either have one or the other. Mm-hmm. You either have a Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, you go back to the Buccaneers and their Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Stafford, I know, has kind of had this odd career because he was with the Lions, but he did go off when he was the Rams quarterback. Certainly a lot of that was that defense and Aaron Donald. Point being, if you have one or the other, you can sacrifice a little bit in that other position, in my opinion. So the Titans have Derrick Henry, but they've also had him paired with Marcus Mariota. God bless him. Heisman Trophy winner, but not necessarily a great NFL quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill. And he was outstanding, I suppose. At but he's middle of the road. A&M, but he would be a middle of the road or lower tier, really, uh, when you're looking at the quarterback situation in the league relative to what they've had in Nashville. So I think if you look at that through the prism of who've been the quarterbacks for those Super Bowl winners, you go, you're talking about Hall of Famer and Mahomes, sure. Hall of Famer and Brady, perhaps one of the greatest of all time. And I think that's that, that opens it up. Now, I will always subscribe to the opinion that the offensive line is the period, most period, underrated period position in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realize you're talking, talking about an individual, you're talking about a group, but God bless America. You talk about the greatest show on turf, and don't get me wrong, when you're talking about Warner, Bruce, Fall, Colt, I understand, Oz Akeem and Ricky Prohl for that matter. But you had Orlando Pace, Adam Timmerman, Andy McCollum, Tom Newton, and I feel like I'm missing Mike Rudadori, I think was on the Super Bowl champion team. Um, it was just 
we're just going to move the football. We're going to have time to run our wacky plays or open up gaps for Marshall Falk. So I agree from the standpoint that the offensive line is what built the Rams here and what really carried Brady in addition to Belichick and his talents in Foxborough. And I feel like that is where you actually get an underrating. And I feel like this topic on the running back thing, I understand it, but I think the counter to it is, well, look at the quarterbacks of the teams that have gone deep. Right. And yeah, the Bengals have Mixon, but they have Burrow and just absurd wide receivers. No doubt. With uh, Jamar Chase yeah. and, and T. Higgins. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's, I don't say it's an either or, but when you point out some of these teams that have been successful without running backs, you're also usually pointing out that they have some of the sickest quarterbacks the game's ever seen. Right, and the concession I'll also make on my my running back take is if you have a guy who's also a great pass catcher, that is invaluable, like Christian McCaffrey. And I think we saw, I mean, with Brock Purdy, and then the, the Brock Purdy got hurt, of course, but the Niners were there with a quarterback like a weak quarterback yeah, that because was a shame have, that that happened right because they have such a great run scheme and Christian McCaffrey who's so lethal both in the backfield and out there catching passes so if you can get a guy like that then you back up the Brinks truck but for me just a downhill runner I don't see the value in paying them I think Jamie Rivers and Derrick Henry are going to walk through this door today Oh, boy, I don't know if I could take both of them on at once. Right. One apiece, I'm pretty confident. Um, yeah, I, like I think Henry's chances. only got 150 pounds on me, probably. No, right. no, not that many, but he's got some inches on me, and Jamie Rivers got some size on me. But I think either both of them individually I got, but together, i probably lose that battle. Question number four. Uh, question number four, let's get into it. The Suns and Mercury, the Phoenix Suns, Mercury, and also the Diamondbacks are moving forward with Gray TV after Diamond Sports failed to match the offer the Arizona-based teams got from Gray. While this sounds unimportant to the St. Louis market, it does hold some value as Diamond Sports continues to pay some and not others in terms of regional sports network deals. Sure, it's a great Rob, business model. <laughs> Rob Manfred has come out and said the teams have collected 94% of the fees from Diamond. Looking forward, do you think teams will shift more into the Suns model, or do you think like the pod Padres, MLB will take over the rights for some teams. Could Diamond come in like a thief in the night and uh, restore the, the, the balance in the RSN deal? I think MLB is digging in. I don't think that many thought that Rob Manfred would dig in, but they are digging in because they want to fix what is, without question, a problem. And I think the thing for people who are listening to the program who might not necessarily be on the younger side of things, but you know, I'm not saying that from a mocking standpoint, it's the way things go, you know. Ideally, you do get to an older age. Everybody right. would like to get there, uh, and you're not comfortable just picking up your phone and clicking on an app. It's not how you watch. You you subscribe to cable, and you want the game there like it's been for the last 25, 30 years. I think Major League Baseball is trying to reach both of those, and I think that's the direction you're going to see this go within two years. And if you want to watch it on cable, it'll be there. And if you want to be able to access any team, including your home team, anytime you will be able to do that. And so I think what you're seeing in Phoenix is a bit of a tell as to what the near-term future is for the distribution of Major League Baseball games. Yeah, I think it's that. And I think the, the hybrid model is obviously what we're going to be transitioning into a way to watch both on cable and watch on your phone or any device you and the want. blackout crap will come to an end right and so i think I, I just find the suns mercury and diamondbacks thing is so interesting that you know we're going back to local tv after so many years but in a way like if you can do that and have the hybrid model everybody's happy and eventually it'll all go like i think the state of television is all going to go on streaming platforms and so you're already setting in that base for that while keeping your older fans especially in baseball where older fans are more prevalent happy 
because you get to watch it on cable or basic cable at that. So, yeah, I think that the hybrid model is the new wave. I just don't see how Diamond Sports and all regional sports networks keep the viability going because they can't do the hybrid model. Which is a material conversation locally, I think, for uh, the Cardinals. And I still have a theory that it played a role in whatever went on in this past offseason, which led us to today's discussion of what the Cardinals do for 2023 and this upcoming trade deadline. BK and Ferrario will carry that discussion into their program. They had Skip Schumacher on yesterday. If you missed that, uh, you can podcast Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. Uh, Skip, always a great interview, was back when he was playing with the Cardinals and now certainly as manager of the Marlins. Time for us to shut it down. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.